The following resources presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. Welcome to A Counselor's Point of View. Hi, my name is Steve Finney and I will be your host. So we do welcome our online listeners. The name of this message is called Giving Thanks to Our Savior, the Sevenfold Praise of the Living God. The scripture that we're going to be talking about in this particular message is the Revelation 7-12. through 12. Our uh, local uh, listeners have already read this passage and we had a little mini-sermon regarding this passage. But in regard to our online listeners, here's how it reads. Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might. Be to our God forever and ever. Chapter 7 is not quite, but almost halfway through the book of Revelation. Chapter 7, this particular verse, happens to be a gateway before some very, very disturbing things are to unfold for absolutely every human that ever lived, that is alive during this time, or is going to live, this affects all humanity, all demons, all angels. So all the heavenly host, all the demonic, all humans, this statement is, if you do not give these seven things unto the Lord, thy God, you will not make it. If you're going to try to suck out some self-life glory out of this thing and say, I am wise because I went to school. I have glory because my whole goal is to promote the effectiveness and security of other people. You're still going to get racked up. This has got to be all unto the glory of the living God. You'll never make it unless you do it. But the simple fact is, is that no matter what it is that's happening to you, God wants to hear it with His ears. Unto you, O God, you deserve the glory for this trial and this tribulation. So here, a sevenfold praise given to God by the angels, as to the Lamb, which is Jesus Christ, of course, and we as indwell believers, you would think, anyway, we should at least do the same. So yes, this is angels that are initially demonstrating the model for us. So that indwell believers, those who actually have the life of Christ inside them, can do like-minded. Let alone the expectation of having this as a lifestyle. And those are the the people walking through their days experiencing difficult times. Right now you have to wait till it hits the news that a child has been abducted and sold in another country. Halloween. There are more children abducted on that night than any night 
in the entire year. Sold overseas. And what do we do? Spend billions of dollars on celebrating a demonic holiday. That's the average world, guys. They're not alarmed. But that's lifestyle, and most of us avoid Christ's life lifestyles. So here's our sevenfold praise as we begin to unfold it. Number one is blessing, whose praises rightly describe God, who is blessed in himself and is source of all blessedness to his son who lives in his bride. Now, I know that that is kind of a mouthful just by reading it, but here's the simplicity of this. God is God and we are not. God is God and Satan is not. God is God and angels are not. God is God and demons are not. God is God and creatures are not. Why does Satan put an emphasis on man? This is Romans out of Romans chapter 1. Why does Satan put an emphasis on people worshiping dogs? Creatures? Dinosaurs? Because that's about as far as Satan is going to evolve, if you want to use the term. He's a beast. He is nothing more than dung on the earth. He will deteriorate in the core of the earth for the rest of eternity without dying. The worst form of hell that there is, is to live on the edge of death but never being able to take its last breath. It's called living hell. Living death, as Paul referred to it. So no, he's not going to share his godhood with anyone, except for his son. And then to have him take his son and put him inside the bride of Christ. All seven of these praises are inside you and have to do with you. So that your blessedness is because of Christ in you. Right? Pretty simple stuff. Let's look at the second one. Glory. His divine perfections. Who is the God of glory? And of all his works of divine nature or his life, and of course his providence, his domain, made available to indwell believers upon salvation. Do you remember that verse in Hebrews where it talks about sharing in his holiness? That's what's being talked about here. The very glory of God is put inside of his Son. His Son becomes the glory of God. His Son is put inside the indwelt believer and literally possesses him and her to have the life of Christ. You are literally revealing by your daily walk, revealing the glory of God. So when indwelt believers are standing there before the enemy... The enemy is completely threatened by that kind of Christian. So the enemy is going to try to shut the testimony down of that kind of Christian 
so the glory of God will not be known. And it works. And it will work on, supposedly, sticking to statistics, 90% of you who are listening to this message. This is how it's going to work on you. You'll get distracted before Monday. And Satan will be successful in terminating you revealing the glory of God to a community. All because secular is more profitable than spiritual. Next one is wisdom. This is huge in the world today. Wisdom being the only wise God, whose wisdom is to be seen in all the true indwell believers by the way of the works of Christ in you, and through the bride becomes his very wisdom. The very thing he gives to us, for us, is his own wisdom. So that we will never rely upon our own wisdom, but on the wisdom of God, which is a mystery. So what he does, if you remember correctly according to the Corinthians passage, is he puts the mind of Christ in us. Because we have the indwelling life of Christ, I doubt that God would take the brain out of Christ and put that somewhere else and make Christ brainless, mindless in us. No! When we possess the life of Christ, we possess His mind, will, and emotions. So therefore, the wisdom that comes out of our mouth should be not, oh, you should hear Dr. Stanley preach. He's got profound... No, it should come out of every indwelt believer like that. Four years of age or 40 years of age. Every indwelt believer has the potential of releasing the wisdom of Christ inside their mortal body. How many believe that? It's the key to life. If you do not believe this, you will strive to put knowledge inside your brain. And as my old friend would say, you're trying to give Jesus a degree. That is not the way God functions. He gives you the full-on wisdom of his own mind instantly upon salvation. And that's why when you have a little guy who is five, six years of age saying stuff, as I've heard this week from a couple of my grandkids, saying stuff and you're like, where do you get that? No, I know where you got that. We can't even get saved unless we become like them. Because they just rattle it off. They don't think it through. They don't study it through. They don't get degrees about it. They just rattle it off. And Christ says you cannot enter the kingdom of God unless you become as one of these little kids. What's he communicating to us? This. You're making yourself stupid by becoming educated. It's best to have the knowledge of the holy and then go study some science. Then it's okay. I got a few of those degrees as well. But I can quickly tell you that it's, it's not advancing me because there really isn't much weight in it. Next one's Thanksgiving. 
which happens to be our week this week. Thanksgiving, being thankful for the mercies and favors, material possessions or lack of them, spiritual, eternal, enjoyed by the angels first, and then by the bride of Christ. Here's a cool thing about the studies of the scriptures. If you want to understand what the gift is that Christ wants to give you, study the blessings of the angels. And that's why angel worship is popular in the world today. Because there's a lot in the scriptures about angels. A lot. But if you look at it in respects of how God blesses the angels, they are the illustration of what Christ has given to his bride. That's why this is so cool. Honor, which is due to him, Christ Jesus, from all of creation. Even the rocks will shout out. As he is the creator of them and from the entire bride of Christ, as he is their father and from all his servants, as he is their master, for to honor and value the father's identity inside his son, who now lives inside you, if you're an indwelt believer. So the identity of God is what is the greatest gift to his son. The greatest gift that the son can give his bride is his father's identity. So we behold his glory. Comes full circle. And if that's too complicated... For you to think about, just pour a glass of water and put one drop of red dye in that glass of water and then take that glass of water to someone and ask them to remove the red dye from that glass. You see, it becomes a part of the very living structure of that water. That's what the blood of Christ does to the, his bride. One drop of his cleansing blood, it just turns the whole river red with blood, cleansing blood. So that we can behold his honor, his glory, his purpose, his everything, his daddy's identity. You know, when I was doing the final edit on, on this Book of Revelation thing project, I got to the last part of it again, and I was just absolutely blown away by the simplicity in the last chapter of Christ literally became everything his Father is. God kept giving up Everything to his son. Everything. And to know that God never left that throne, not once. Not once. He always showed up throughout the continuous history of mankind through the form of Christ and angels. It is amazing to me. He never, ever left his throne. Why wouldn't he? Satan is waiting for him to get out of that chair. He's been waiting since 
that moment that is described to us in the Bible of taking the throne of God. He doesn't want the throne of Jesus. Jesus has to obey his Father. He doesn't want to obey the Father. He wants to be the Father of lies. So he's lying day in and day out, all day long, in educational institutions all over the world, and in churches all over the world, and in news all over the world. He's lying, 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 and the majority of us are buying into it like we're starving for truth. And if you haven't noticed lately, the news is hard to believe. It's sensational. It's what makes the money. I'm telling you, wherever money is, there is the liar. But we have to make money in order to buy our groceries, right? So we need to be alert. Awake. Make money, honestly, and be awake. Pretty simple. Not have it as a God. Because the root of all evil is what? The love of money. The love of money. Power in which he has exerted in making all things out of nothing, in supporting the whole universe in its being, and in saving and preserving the remnant bride for his son. Okay, now there's two goals here. And stay with me on this. This is, for me anyway, this is definitely a message that you've got to listen to a couple times. So if you're a podcaster, save this one and listen to it in another two, three days. Not overlooking Revelation 7.12. It's embracing it. You see, I want all seven of these areas. When I was finished with this study this week of begging and pleading with God, what do you want to come out on Sunday? What's your message? When I was done with these seven items, I was weeping uncontrollably because God said, for I have given you, Stephen, these seven things because my son dwells within your mortal being. Digest this, son. Power, honor, wisdom, thanksgiving, they are gifts given to us in Christ Jesus through the indwelling life of Christ. Power is making something out of nothing. Little Ian is an inventor. I don't know if you guys have noticed this or not. Ian, you want to go run and get your new helicopter thing? Seriously, I want you to show him. And this is, this is how a young mind has the ability to work. Why are we given this, this uncanny ability without training, without degrees, without a designer, engineer degree or whatever? How are we able to do this? Turn it on. Now, his next mission is to get that baby to fly, but that is amazing to me. Not so much of the, the bottle and the scraps that he pulled together to get that job done. 
But what's inside his brain? See, he literally took what was in here and he put it in this water bottle thing. <laughs> super glue. Oh, it's taken off by itself here. And he put power into it. Correct? That is us. Nothing into something is power. It is evidence of life inside him. And if the person's an unbeliever and going to hell, God still promised to design every human with his creation. And some are just using it to promote the power of darkness. Thank you, Ian. So now he has a choice. Is he going to use this to advance the kingdom of God? Or is he going to use what this uncanny ability he has in making bombs and helicopters? And, and last time I was here, he showed me how to make fire out of steel wool and a battery. And you know, he could use that kind of thinking to advance the world. Satan doesn't want you advancing him directly. Do you know how cheap that is? To, to think that Satan is the Halloween image? I can promise you before the Lord Jesus Christ, Satan does not look like Halloween. He's gorgeous. He's an angel of light. And he will be the absolute perfect looking race. The image of Satan is the reason for this genocide that is coming through Obamacare. That's the reason for all to look like him. We think he looks like some bloodthirsty demon with blood coming out of the corner of his mouth with a black cape. Those are called, folks, demons. That is not how Satan is going to look. He will be perfect so God wants us to be conformed to the image of Christ. Christ Satan wants us to be conformed to the image of himself and we just think it's Halloween that's a commercial folks that's all that is it's like Christmas is a commercial for Christ it's a commercial but this is the real deal. This is what Ian's got inside of him. And that's why I'm very interested in staying close with Ian. Because this will be pulled out of him. This will be extract, extracted out of him to advance the kingdom of God. Might, that is our husband's strength, becomes our strength. Which is the strength and the might of Israel. The bride of Christ is Israel. If you think your identity in Christ stops with you, you're selfish. Sorry. The identity of God inside his son put inside the believer is to reveal one final purpose in the book of Revelation. The identity of Israel. So to be all about removing Israel from the face of the earth might be a goal of the devil. It just might be in the news 
every day. And it is. You know what makes Muslims mad the most, I've been told? That Israel always gets the front page of the news. Always. From the 1920s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, they always get the front page of the news. And they always get the cash. Countries supporting them. Why are they the strongest military force in the entire Middle East? If not the world, depends on how you look at it. Because they're Israel. There's a twinkle of God's eye. Right there. That's our job, is to pass the identity down or over to Israel. The rock of ages, of course, is Christ, in whom everlasting strength and the praise and the, and the credit of all this. And since the bride of Christ has the life of Christ living inside the indwell believer, and this becomes the inheritance, the title that is granted to us as being a mighty people. And we are a mighty people. Enemy is scared to death of us. To think that little, little Evan, if he has the life of Christ inside of him, can walk into a room, and if Satan was, I don't believe Satan can actually leave the Middle East because he's bound. But if Evan stepped into the room where Satan was physically present, guess who would be scared to death? Satan. A little boy. That's the God I serve. That's the might of a Christian. How is it possible to devote oneself to prayer? Now we're bringing this to the innermost part of the indwell believer, and that is their conversation with God. Well, let's take a look at it. Colossians 4, verses 2 through 5 says this, Devote yourselves to prayer. Keeping alert in it with an attitude of what? Thanksgiving. Praying at the same time for us as well. These are the people in ministry. That is the point. When I hear about a, you know, a, a friend who I'm going to spend eternity with, Dr. Stanley, he to, to God he's nothing more than Charlie. He's a little boy that he loves so much and he's stayed so focused on communicating the power of the cross. That's how God looks at this little guy who's 81 years of age. And he's had people like me and you praying for this man for years. And if you think those prayers have not sustained this man, then you don't understand this passage. So all of, of the workers of the kingdom of God all over the world are literally sustained and empowered by our prayers. So praying at the same time for us as well that God will open up to us 
a door of the word. You see, isn't that the point of all this? That you leave here today and that God opens up a door so you can share the word with someone? Or maybe you'll leave today and you'll pray about more success in your frail humanness. Well, he's not going to answer it. I can promise you that. Because God is not interested in success. He's interested in opening the doors for the word. He's on a mission, folks. He's not entangled with lights or entangled with community objectives or entangled with goals of Medicare. Or He's not interested in any of that. But does he use it? Yes, he does. But that's not in his vision. His vision is to open the door for the word, which is Christ. Remember? For the word of God came to dwell among us so we may behold his glory, the glory of the only. Well, you see, that's the goal. So how many truly get this passage? You'll discover not many. Most people pray about selfish things that don't go past the ceiling. I'm sure I'll get emails on that one, particularly from my prosperity doctrine people. I'm here to tell you, body of Christ, the majority of America is into the deception of prosperity doctrines. It's not people in our church. It is this country that has been deceived into thinking that prosperity is good doctrine. It isn't. As Cindy and I were saying the other day, we're all one check away from poverty. And the devil knows it. So he has to create debt and credit cards. That's why we're doing the series we're doing. So that we may speak forth the mystery of Christ. Why does the door need to open? Why does the word need to come forth? So we may speak forth the mystery. Someone please tell the group what the mystery is. It's a real question. They imprisoned him because of this level of wisdom they've never encountered before on the earth. They couldn't shut him up. They were used to boredom by the wisdom of man because they could wrangle the thoughts of men. It's called debate. But they couldn't do that with Paul. The mystery is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So this is a clear mission of the difference between Christ's followers and the indwelling life of Christ. And Paul actually understood the mystery of Christ. Christ in you. The verse goes on to say, for which I have also been imprisoned. They literally wanted to shut this man up to the point of sticking him in prison, thinking that was going to shut him up. But the guards kept getting saved. Can you imagine being around a guy that either you're going to fall on your face and confess that Jesus Christ is God and you're going to receive Jesus Christ into your life as an indwelt believer or go to hell. And to have a guard guarding you for the enemy, get that. 
This man is known for no guilt outside of the simple fact that if you stand too close to him, you're going to fall on your face and believe that Jesus Christ is this great mystery. You couldn't stifle this man. Demons knew who he was when demons said, for I know Christ and Paul, but who are you? This was someone who was casting out a demon. To be known like that in the spiritual world, sign me up, is what I say to the Lord. Sign me up. I want to be one of them. Not for the sake of fame, but for the sake of understanding the mystery of Christ so clearly that someone wants to imprison you or kill you because you won't shut your mouth. It's too profound. It's too piercing. It's too redeeming. It jerks you from your previous goals of life and settles you into the goal of revealing the mystery of Christ. May this multiply forever. He goes on and says that I may make it clear in the way I ought to speak. This is what he's asking them to pray about. That I might make it clear. One of the leaders who, for my heart, my life, is a leader that I have respected for many years. And I got an email from him recently. And this is exactly what he said in his email. For rarely have I come in contact with a believer who is as clear as you are with the exchange life. Everything that comes out of your mouth is about this. Well, it's not actually, but he just happened to hear me in a meeting that it was about that. But that's what I pray for. That everything's about this mystery. Because that's the mission that God has put me on. Whereas someone else, it may be salvation. (laughs) This is critical for Paul. It's critical for me. So therefore, conduct yourselves with wisdom toward outsiders. Making the most of the opportunity. Opportunity actually comes from door, port of entry. So taking advantage of an opportunity is going to the port and seeing what came in for you. You're always watching for the package because you're a messenger. What is the key of not being anxious? Well, let's take a look at that. It says right here in Philippians 4, 6. Someone please quote this verse. Don't look at the screen. It is one of the most quoted verses in the entire Bible. Jess? Okay, it really is an easy verse to memorize. And it's the worst verse in the Bible for me. It it really is. Even when the Lord took me to this passage and I'm like, please, not that verse. Not not that one. Because I get anxious. I get anxious about my life. I get anxious about my family's life. I, I, I just, I get anxious. I even get anxious about not getting the word out there farther and faster. Well, he he knows this is 
a key verse both on the positive and the negative side. So be anxious for nothing. That That's just a huge statement, okay? You mean if my, my wife dies, I'm not supposed to get anxious about that? Are you talking about my house burns up like a story I heard this week and they have no house, they have no possessions, they have no... I'm not supposed to get anxious about that? My buddy just got shot in the chest. I'm not supposed to get anxious about that? Or one of our workers gets their head sawed off, you know, by, by a Muslim. I'm not supposed to get anxious about that? No, you're not. Because soon as you begin, become anxious about anything, the best way to read challenging verses is to read them the way Satan reads them. Because it reveals his goal. Be anxious about everything. Are you with me? This is Satan's way. I clarify that for our listeners. This is Satan's way of reading this verse. Be anxious about everything. But in everything, forget, please, to forget praying about it. Because your prayers are worthless anyway. We all know that. And your supplications, you can whine and complain all you want. You know your God's not going to listen to whining. So why pray? And as for being thankful for all this stuff, do I need to say any more, you thankless person, you unforgiving, bitter person, you person that are bored by the word of God? Boredom is the greatest sin for the church today. Because the word doesn't exist. But it's the most popular thing that people get medicated for. It's called depression. Boredom is simply rebellion of not wanting to be transformed by the truth that will set you free. And then he finishes it off with, with an ungrateful heart, go ahead, let your request be known to God because it's pointless. Now, I don't know what your little phrase is in your mind, but when I'm having a fleshly day or moment, I say over and over, what's the point? And I have shared with you before, and I'll share it with you again today, and there's times that I war with, what's the point of having a heartland? What's the point of, you know, whatever? What's the point? And God brings me back to the simple fact that, remember how the enemy reads this verse? It reveals his goal in your life, to come to the point of saying, What's the point? God wants us to embrace Philippians 4.6 so that we can enjoy this. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension or all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. It's the verse that follows. That is the point. To have the peace of God, and if you have the peace of God, there is absolutely nothing, nothing, 
Nothing, nothing he's anxious about. Nothing. The enemy doesn't get him upset. The anger of the wrath of God that is spoken about is against what he's doing to his son's bride. That's what he becomes angry about. Not that Satan's playing this game and trying to get his chair because he's never going to leave it. He gives everything who he is, what he is, and what he has to his son. So he never has to leave the throne. Ever. You'd think his little bum would be sore after a few gazillion years. So how exactly does Christ set his mind upon us? Well, as it tells us in Philippians 4.8, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is good, uh, good repute, whatever is excellent, and if any worthy of praise dwell on these things, whatever is worthy of God's praise dwell on these things. And of course, this is learned by the next verse, verse 9. It says, The things which you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. Now, I hope you are making a connection here. What actually is this verse telling us? It's discipleship. I got a text from someone I've been discipling for a couple of years, and they said, I need to hear from God directly from here on out. Okay, let's erase this verse from your life. He's basically saying, I don't want to be told what to do anymore. What to avoid. What chapters to read. What books to study. You see... Paul's saying here, seen in me. He's putting the focus with these people on saying what you've seen here because he knows that people don't get God directly. Do you, do you understand that? Most of us don't get him directly. We don't even understand that concept. So therefore the enemy comes in and goes, since I know this idiot thinks that he knows God directly, when he really doesn't, he's actually got to see it in the lives of others, I'm going to come in and throw all kinds of perverted little twisted truths in this person's mind so they think this stuff's God. And when it's nothing more than revealing the goals and objectives of Satan. Our family heard some very disturbing news this week about someone we love dearly twisting the scriptures and calling it God. Do you realize the majority of the church will actually label divorce? God told me to divorce. I can go on with the list, but it's embarrassing. What we have called God. That the scriptures are clear about saying, I can redeem you from this problem. That's when someone shifts from seeing Christ in Paul to, I will get this directly from here on out. It's called eliminating discipleship. So how exactly do we produce thanksgiving? Let's take a look at that passage. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 10 and 11. It says, Now he who supplies the seed to the sower, the bread for food, will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increasing 
the harvest for your righteousness. That is very interesting to me. You will be enriched in everything for all liberty, which through us is producing thanksgiving to God. This is what produces thanksgiving to God. Remember when Peter and Jesus were having this little dialogue and Jesus goes, you know, Honestly, if you go back and look at the passage, you'll see that Peter was bragging. And so Jesus says to Peter, Peter, do you love me? How did Peter respond? He first said, yes, I love you. Second time, Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, Lord, you know I love you. In other words, oh, who's the stupid one here? That's what you know. When you say to someone, you know that, you're saying you're stupid. And if you read it in the Greek, it's even more offensive. Peter's being rude to the God of the universe. Well, Jesus doesn't get upset and anxious or anything. So he says, Peter. Do you love me? And the scripture says, Peter became exasperated at the Lord and rebuked him. Wow. Of course, Jesus didn't react. Jesus doesn't get anxious in anything. He's thankful for all things. So then he says to Peter, it says, saying, liar, liar, pants on fire. No, he says, then do what? Feed my sheep. You see, all Jesus wanted for Peter is to have a thankful heart for whatever this identity crisis was he was going through. It's all part of his process, is it not? Peter became one of the most focused ministers in the entire history of the church. Upon this rock, God would literally build his church. And here he was all caught up in himself and promoting the muscle of mankind. Really? Well, Jesus knew it was a part of his process of misusing his gift. But Jesus was saying, the proof is in feeding people. Do you think Jesus meant food? Probably. Do you think Jesus meant the word, opening the door for the word? Probably. Do you think Jesus wanted Peter to get the mystery of himself? Probably. Did he also know that Peter would deny Jesus Christ three times? Yes, even told him so. Did he know that Jesus, I mean, that Peter would go back to his secular business to make some bucks and not even show up at the crucifixion as 11 other disciples refused to show up and associate with Jesus Christ? It's all part of the process. Your betrayal is needed for your dedication for Christ. That's why he doesn't get upset about it. 
I look forward to having chats with Peter and Paul, two of the greatest leaders of church history that will ever live. Because they were focused. But early on in their lives, they were just as focused on their self-life of promoting themselves. I relate to that. This resource has been presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. For more information about our ministries, visit us online at IOMAmerica.org. That's IOMAmerica.org.